Do you remember this political character? For now, I want to thank you, uh, Mr Speaker. I want to thank all the wonderful staff of the House of Commons. I want to thank all my friends and colleagues. I want to to thank my rival friend uh, opposite, Mr Speaker. Uh, I want to thank everybody here and hasta la vista, baby. Thank you. The unforgettable tones of Boris Johnson at his final Prime Minister's questions last year. Even though he was dispatched from Downing Street, Boris continues to work the world stage, meeting Prime Ministers and Presidents. There's even speculation he could be plotting a comeback. But what was it about Boris Johnson that led to his downfall? Was it the lockdown parties, the chaos he presided over in number 10, or his own self-belief that he was untouchable? A new book, The Fall of Boris Johnson, gives a fascinating inside account of how a leader brought their time and power to an abrupt end. Sebastian Payne wrote it while he was the Whitehall editor for the Financial Times, and he joins you now on RM Breakfast. Sebastian, good morning and welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. You say that your book reflects a most unruly period in British politics. Uh, You were reporting on it daily for the FT. Do you now stop and reflect on Boris Johnson's time in office and wonder, what was that all about? I think we all think about that a lot in Westminster because Boris Johnson is still hanging omnipresent over politics that even though he's been out of um, Downing Street for some months now and it's been a good six months since those traumatic events at the end of his career, there's still constant talk about is Boris going to come back? Is he going to run again? All that sort of stuff. And when you look at the events that I chart in the fall of Boris Johnson, it reminds you of just how mad it was and how unconventional it was for a time in British politics that I've been a political journalist for 12 years and I've never seen anything like it and don't think we'll ever see anything like it again, that the kind of the constant drama, the chaos, the court politics was really exceptional, but highlighted by a man who broke all the conventional rules by his own admission of British politics and of being a British prime minister. Mm, You say he was unconventional, broke all the rules, but given his track record as a journalist and mayor of London... In some ways, it must have been obvious, right, that that his time in politics was always going to be colourful and unpredictable. Absolutely. And I think you've got to remember when Boris Johnson was London mayor from 2008 to 2016, you know, he was one of the most um, prominent politicians in the country, particularly during the 2012 Olympics. And even before that, when he was a rising star journalist and he was um, a TV celebrity, he appeared on programs like Top Gear about cars or political satire, Have I Got News For You? And so many people's perception of Boris was not that of a politician, but of a celebrity almost. And I think that is the difference between him and more conventional political leaders. And I think as we got into the EU referendum campaign in 2016, then when he became foreign secretary, there's this constant pressure on Boris Johnson to be conventional, to go with the norms. But then ultimately, he was unwilling or unable to actually bend to them. And when he got to Downing Street, when he had ultimate power, what was kind of so surprising is the fact that he didn't have much plan or ability to actually use and flex that power. Mm. For this book, you spoke to insiders, people at the heart of the political action, what was going on. Did anything they tell you surprise you? I mean, there was a lot of surprising things because obviously I was writing 
writing about this in my day job at the Financial Times at that moment. And, you know, each day you're trying to piece together what's happened behind the scenes and pull in some of the color and the detail. And then when I sat down to do the 40 plus hours of interviews for this book, there was obviously more to it. And on the one hand, I was surprised at how accurate the stories that we heard at the time were, but just the level of chaos was extraordinary. And I used the phrase at the beginning of our chat about court politics. And I think that's quite key because most prime ministers want to surround themselves with the best advisors, the best cabinet ministers who give them the best advice. For Boris Johnson, a lot of it was about people who were loyal, who were on side, who were pro his project. And I think this resulted in a situation where he became increasingly um, isolated from reality about what was going on in the country and with the Partygate scandal, because I highlight three Ps in the fall of Boris Johnson that went wrong with his government. One was Owen Paterson, who was a disgraced former minister who was booted out of Parliament for breaking parliamentary rules. And Boris Johnson had a botched effort to try and save him, which backfired spectacularly. The second P was Partygate, which was the scandal about rule-breaking parties at the heart of the COVID lockdowns in the UK, where it was revealed that the prime minister had, you know, there were parties that he'd attended and overseen that broke COVID rules. And the third P was Chris Pincher, who was the deputy chief whip, who was accused of sexual harassment. And there was a big confusion about had Boris Johnson known about it, about his behaviour before he was appointed. And it was later revealed that there had been formal complaints and Downing Street had been misleading. So when you put those three P's together, um, they were all in some ways quite odd political scandals that don't follow the usual realms of things you see in politics. But the cumulative effect was to break the bond between the Conservative Parliamentary Party and the leader, which was obviously quite fragile to begin with, because it had begun with the, the Brexit morass of 2019, when MPs didn't know, you know, if the Tory party was finished, it had come fifth in the European Parliament elections. And they saw Boris Johnson as their only hope to break the Brexit deadlock. He did that. But once that was done, there was not much idea about what he was about and what his premiership was about. I want to ask about a story that's just emerged. What do you make of that extraordinary story that came out yesterday that in the run up to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, Boris Johnson has claimed that President Putin threatened him with a missile strike, telling him it would only take a minute? I think it shows the courage Boris Johnson took about the Ukraine war, that early in the invasion and in the run-up to the invasion, many people at Britain's Ministry of Defence and the Foreign Office were very sceptical of the UK getting stuck in, warning about prodding the Russian bear and saying that it could have consequences. And you've seen those words from the former prime minister describing what Vladimir Putin said, basically saying, you know, I will send a missile to take you out sort of thing. And I think that shows that Boris Johnson actually did just say, I'm going to do what's right and was massively vindicated. And when you read the narrative of the end of Boris Johnson, there is a huge amount of credit that he should take for the Ukraine uh, war, that he supplied arms, he believed in Ukraine, he believed in Vladimir Zelensky in a way that many of the Western leaders didn't. 
in the face of Russian aggression. And that's been proven to be right. It was not just morally the right thing to do, but practically the right, the right thing for the West. So when you hear that, I think it just shows you the pressures and thought process he was facing. And one of the things that I just find so curious is the whole Ukraine episode gives you a window into what kind of prime minister Boris Johnson could have been. He could have been very focused, very successful, if he'd taken the same drive to other domestic areas that he had to Ukraine. But for reasons that I honestly don't fully comprehend, he was never able to adapt that drive from Ukraine to the rest of his government. Sebastian, many thanks for joining us. Thank you. Sebastian Payne is the author of The Fall of Boris Johnson, which goes on sale here in Australia next month. You're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.